Welcome back to Train to Win, the podcast produced by the Association for Talent Development Houston Chapter, inspiring talent development professionals to achieve their full potential. Hi, it's Bruce Abbott. Today's podcast is about a topic we can all associate with, no matter whether we're an entrepreneur or an employee, whether we work in instructional design or we work in HR or coaching or leadership, we always have to be networking. Now, I know sometimes networking, for some people, it's like, yeah, I love networking. And some people are like, oh, I hate networking. But we all have to do it. Now, how we do it more effectively is something that is a topic of our podcast today. And our guest, Margaret Johnson, will be joining us in just a few minutes to speak about that. But first, we want to talk about some upcoming events here for the ATD Houston chapter. We do have our general meeting coming up February 11th, and that is Demystifying Your Data and How Data Can Tell Your Story. And that is uh, Ann Bryson Eldridge. She is the Performance and Accountability Manager at the Department of Administration in South Carolina. She's going to be coming on and talking about ways in which data can help you tell stories in the classroom or the boardroom and discuss ways to quantify the quality, value, and impact of your work, determine an effective way to display your data to achieve your goal, and develop context for your data display so that it tells your story, maybe even when you're not in the room. You can find out more about our upcoming general meeting. That is on February 11th, 5.30 to 8 p.m. at the United Way of Greater Houston. You can find that at tdhouston.org slash events. We also have a couple of gigs coming up. Our gig Southeast on the 18th of February and our gig in the Woodlands on the 20th of February, both talking about what's happening in talent development in 2020, hosted by our 2020 ATD Houston board president, Debbie Richards. And if you know Debbie, she is a wealth of information. So again, you can find information on the gig registration pages at tdhouston.org slash events. Margaret Johnson is today's guest. She works with clients to bust assumptions and apply creative genius to tackle issues and develop courageous risk-taking to assist in solving problems. Her creative, engaging style inspires individuals to apply knowledge and take immediate action for success. She's a keynote speaker on creativity, risk-taking, and leadership topics, and she is our podcast guest today. Thank you so much for joining us, Margaret. You're very welcome. So, networking. We all know it's important. We know that we need to be doing more. But what we may not understand is how to do it effectively. That may not always be so clear. We all have that one awkward networking, standing on the side of the room with your business cards in one hand and <laughs> trying to figure out who am I going to go and talk to and how do I open up a conversation. But it really doesn't have to be that way, does it? I mean, you are really approaching this with a strategy. Yes, that's true. Having a little bit of a plan. And you use the acronym CONNECT. Give me a little bit of background of where that came from. Well, when we were, when I was invited to speak with ATD, wanted to bring about what is networking really about? What is the main purpose behind that? It's not to sell, it's not to push, it's not to that. It's really just to connect with other people. So that's kind of where that just came from as we started to think about what was the real meaning and real intention behind networking. Now, we'll go piece by piece through the letters in the acronym for CONNECT, but I love that you used that word because it really is all about connection. And so the C in the connection talks about common. 
finding something in common. I think sometimes when people go to different events or think about networking, they go, what do I possibly have in common with these other people? So in the session, we actually had people do lists and find out how much they actually had in common. One time I had to go to an oil and gas meeting with all oil and gas executives all dressed up in their suits. It was a dinner meeting with a reception beforehand and, um, you know, and then there was a speaker and a dinner. And when I first walked into that hotel and looked through the glass and saw these hundreds of oil and gas executives, I think that was the first thing that I stopped and asked myself, you know, what could I possibly have in common with all of these, you know, CEOs, executives in these oil and gas companies, right? And I just stepped back from that and told me, Margaret, they're just, you know, this and that, and you've got experience in this and you've talked to a million people and you surely can find something in common. So when I actually walked in the room and once I had my drink, I looked around the room, I didn't know a soul. And I just went up to one of the tables and said, you look like the most interesting group in the room. May I join you? And there it went. And I think some people hold back or are a little nervous about doing it because they don't think they have much in common with it. But it was really all about realizing that we have things in common with everyone, no matter what level, no matter what industry they're in, and we can connect. Is there something that, uh, I don't necessarily want to use the word research because that sounds very formal, uh, but is there something that as a person prepares to go into an environment like that, that they might be able to research, look up, know a little bit more about some of the people that they might see there, say from industry perspective, like you mentioned, oil and gas, uh, what might somebody do to be able to kind of uh, put themselves in a, in, a, in a better position? Sometimes I just tell them to just go for it and see what happens. But <laughs> <laughs> if you want to prepare a little bit more, which is always a smart thing, for an example, there's the Women's Energy Network lunches that I go to. So I would look up beforehand, you know, who the speaker is, look them up on LinkedIn, look up a little bit about their company. Um, if you have some information on attendee list or some, if there's panel speakers or anything like that, kind of just get a little bit of information about them. There's so many things out there and so many ways that you can research with the, you know, online news or the social network on Twitter or LinkedIn, you can look up and at least walk in there with a little bit of things to talk about. When I was a little girl and I was really shy and uh, wanted to like talk to some boy or something, I actually made up some questions to ask him if I ran into him. And I believe that that little method that I had when I was a little kid is kind of the perfect thing to do when you go networking is have a few questions ready about what's going on in their world or, you know, just some things that you can start with. And once you open up conversation, then it'll really start to flow. I mean, a lot of people can wing it and just walk in. I do that a lot of times myself, but a little bit of research, it doesn't take a lot of time. It might take you five, 10 minutes to actually check some things out beforehand. It can be really helpful and make it a little easier for you. Now, the O is opinions, mm -hmm. opinions and assumptions that exist about networking, the purpose and outcomes. We all, when we hear the word networking, all these things start coming into our head, like the time we really bombed an event or something, you know, that we just didn't get or we just stood there in the corner or, ooh, networking, I know I got to do it. I think there's a lot of perception about 
it's an evil thing and it's an unpleasant thing and we hold assumptions about it and because we have these ideas whether it was from our own experience or someone told us something or we saw something or we just don't even know we guessed we sometimes hold ourselves back or we get ourselves in this uh, mindset oh this is going to be painful and okay i'm going to do it you know so I play games with people to kind of get them to realize that these thoughts that they have about networking and basically about anything as I work with my um, clients, how much of it is really true? And if it wasn't true, what would you do differently? And so it, because you think it's networking is painful, maybe you avoid it. But if you realize maybe it doesn't have to be painful, then maybe you do more of it. So it's really all about where's your head at regarding it? And because your head's there, how are you acting? You are your own uh, biggest obstacle in mm -hmm. that case. That's it, exactly. So the N in Connect is for networking niches. So mm -hmm. discovering and developing those are, are areas to focus attention and energy when networking. I encourage people to not always go to events that are just in their niche, but I encourage them to actually figure out what your niche is. Like, what is it that you're looking for? Why are you networking? So I'm a coach, I'm a keynote speaker, I'm a leadership uh, trainer. I work with creativity and risk-taking. So, and my focus is female professionals, mostly in the energy industry, you know, a woman in a man's world, helping them become better leaders. So where am I gonna find those people? I'll find them in a women's energy network, the Society of Women Engineers. So what are you really looking for and where will you find those people and then go to those events is what I mean by that networking niche. But I don't want you to completely restrict yourself to that. So I'll tell people like, maybe you're an engineer, but why don't you go to the Houston Organizational Development Network or you know the ATD meetings or the Romance Writers of America? I mean, part of it is getting out there and meeting people that aren't all like you thinking all the same way, but it's also, Sometimes we need to target where are these people that we really want to meet going to be? Because if you want to sell something and you just go to meetings where everybody else is a salesperson, then you're probably not going to be as successful trying to find clients. I mean, you could make some good connections, right, with other salespeople. But it's really looking at what do you want and where would you find them? And then also as part of your little networking plan, make sure you're kind of going out there and doing some uh, things that, aren't necessarily up your alley to broaden your perspective and meet people that might have connections to what you need. I find it's really fun to take interesting magazines or books on airplanes or just when I'm going somewhere. And if you're on an airplane or sitting in the gate area, people will ask you about the book that you're reading. And so that way can be a nice in too. So people also have that, as we talked about assumptions before, oh, I have to go to this event where, you know, everybody's walking around having drinks and, you know, doing this, that's the only networking, but networking is also anything in the grocery store, in the, on the airplane, at the movie theater. I mean, we, we can uh, network anywhere. Now, piggybacking on that, the E in Connect is for external, understanding the value of external and internal networking. When people think about networking, they think of going outside of their organization and meeting people and, and selling or, you know, trying to connect for whatever business purpose they have. And a lot of times we neglect our internal company organization networking and also our vendor and client and supplier network 
opportunities. So I encourage people to, you know, suppose that you work for a manager and a, and a director in a corporation, right? That chain up the command. A lot of times we communicate with the person we deal with most of the time, but we forget about developing relationships with executives and being able to share our ideas or letting them know about us so we could have other opportunities. Or if you don't work in a big corporation, it's just you when you're working with your clients, do you just deal with and connect with and communicate with the person at that organization that, you know, setting up the training or whatever it is you're doing? Or do you also uh, network and connect to higher levels in that organization, share your values and your strategic uh, vision and help them in that way? So it's a reminder that it's developing relationships in your organizations too and not just out there trying to make a sale or connection or a business uh, opportunity. Now your C in connect is for connections and you are practicing using effective questioning. I know you kind of touched on that a little bit earlier of how you would have three questions in mind to, um, but how can you take that even to a, to another level by practicing this uh, effective questioning? Well, I mentioned a little bit earlier how I I had some questions ready when my <laughs> when I'd run into that boy I had a crush on, right? So having a few questions ready, but a lot of times what happens in networking is, oh, what do you do? Oh, you do that? Here's what is that? You know, it's just that kind of typical thing. And the point of this part is to think a little more uh, about providing value and digging a little bit deeper in the event we actually had all the participants ask questions of each other in little groups and then, you know, run around, find different groups and the questions got deeper and deeper. In one of the articles, Neil Gordon, that um, I read and brought in that information from his comment was, when you go up to a group, maybe bring up something that's thought provoking or a value that you've read about or share instead of what do you do for a living. So an example is when I was um, going to a, a business lunch and I knew that it was about innovation and companies partnering together. When it came to the question and answer from the little fireside chat of the speakers, I brought up an event that I knew about in a connection. It was a partnership between oil and gas engineers and heart surgeons. And it's called Pumps and Pipes here in Houston. And they partner together and share technology. Because basically, they're both working on pumps and pipes, but different sizes and different materials. And I shared that instead of, you know, what do you do for a living, da, 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 kind of thing. It was, here's this thing that's connected to what our topic is for this presentation that you gave and sharing some valuable information. So it's just, you know, staying informed and reading and being curious. And when you do connect and want to network, you can use that question of, you know, have you ever heard about this? Or what do you think about this kind of partnering? Or I noticed this, you know, to bring up something that's a little bit deeper than just what do you do for a living? What kind of work do you do? I mean, it'll get to that eventually. But those other kind of questions that are a little more thought provoking or, you know, related to um, something in the industry, even though at those lunches I've been to with Women's Energy Network, before the speaker spoke, everyone's sitting at different tables, the um, host would have us uh, go over or kind of talk about a question that they had, an intriguing question that was connected to the speaker's topic. So keeping your mind open to that and bringing those when you network those questions. It really is a balance of preparation and spontaneity. Mm-hmm. The T, T, 
technology. I mean, we know social media, everything around us, Twitter, LinkedIn, Facebook, all of those. But how do you utilize that as a best practice? And I know that could be an entire podcast on its own, but (laughs) we all know how to use it. But how do we really use it? I think the biggest issue with it is we've got all these tools, we know how to use them, we're just not doing it. So I know people are collectors, like they collect friends on Facebook, they collect Twitter followers, they, you know, they collect LinkedIn connections. But how often do you actually send a little message to someone on LinkedIn and maybe actually meet for coffee? Are you just collecting all these connections? So we encourage you to and, and Teresa gave some uh, great uh, suggestions and information on uh, just LinkedIn itself. So every time I go to a speaker or go to listen to, even after a conference or something, I'll connect on LinkedIn and make a comment either about something I heard them give in their talk or something that I know that they might think of as interest. And then as that connection starts to build, we may actually meet in person. So it's I, we're encouraging people to not just do that little connect and then never meet those people again. But if you are going to an event, you know, look on your LinkedIn and who do you know that might be there and let them know, hey, I'm going to be there. And so maybe you can tag up there. It's just making use of this opportunity that you have. But a lot of times we we don't. Even Teresa was doing, we just pulled up our app and looked at who's near you in the room. You know, on LinkedIn, and you could send a message to them and say, "Hey, I'm in the room. You know, what do you think about that?" So, just it's a simple and quick thing, but we're just not doing it. I think we're so overwhelmed with so many things that we forget how easy these little things are. And if you can get yourself just into a little practice of maybe just either sending a little message, you have that opportunity every time you connect to someone on LinkedIn to send a little message and maybe write yourself a note to check back in with that person. That can increase your odds of that connection really developing deeper. The acronym CONNECT, allowing us to create and sustain connections. Um, I love this in your bio because you she it says that uh, the Margaret inspires people and organizations to move from SOS, same old stuff, <laughs> to WOW, well mm-hmm. on the way. How can somebody find out more information about you and about your, your uh, coaching topics? My website is my name. It's www.margaretajohnson.com. And Margaret is M-A-R-G-A-R-E-T. A for the middle initial. And Johnson is spelled the old-fashioned way, J-O-H-N-S-O-N.com. Wonderful. Thank you again so much, Margaret, for joining us. And we hope to see you uh, out to maybe some more speaking engagements here with ATD Houston. You're welcome. I'd love that. And as you listen to this podcast, if you would like to be a speaker at one of our ATD Houston events, just visit our website, tdhouston.org. If you go up into the events link and there is a request for speaker, fill that out. And we would love to have you speak at one of our ATD Houston events and possibly be a guest on our podcast. Hey, thanks for listening to Train to Win. Be sure to visit that website, tdhouston.org, for all things about the ATD Houston chapter. And uh, there's also a place where you can listen to the podcast. We have an embedded player on there. And there's a link there. You can go to iTunes or Spotify or Google Podcasts, and you can subscribe to the show. And that way, you never miss an episode. And if you have found value in this show, we'd love a rating on iTunes. That would be really cool. And if you'd simply tell a friend about the show or share it on social media, that would be awesome as well. 
Train to Win. It's a production of ATD Houston. This is Bruce Abbott. Join us next time for another episode of Train to Win.